All right, welcome back to this special edition of Agile After Dark. During this episode, we ask, hey, where's the challenge? When agile companies, consultants, and coaches integrate into the DNA of large corporations and consulting firms. It's a good one, so listen in. Welcome to Agile After Dark, the podcast that addresses agile topics not talked about in the light of day. I'm your host, Greg Adams Whipper, sitting here, and over there is Brandon Gartley, our hunky co-host. <laughs> Always good to be here with you, bud. Well, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, which I implore you, no, nay, nay demand you to go listen to, you will understand why he is the hunky podcast co-host. Do you want to elaborate, Brandon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my wife, uh, who's much, much, much smarter than me, uh, came on and talked about IO psychology and agile. So definitely listen if you haven't had a chance. So, and where do they go to, to uh, get the episode, Brandon? So agileafterdark.com. Okay. So today's episode, it's a special episode. We're calling it 7.5 Corporate Antigens, Getting into Agile's Inner space? Yeah, inner space. Bill Paxton, what? baby. Oh, come on. Yeah, I've ever get like the little 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 thing like makes what's his name like dance around and stuff. Yeah, there was like five people who saw that. <laughs> Seriously, well, I'm not joking. Yeah. No, people. I know. But I mean, it, it, all joking aside, I mean, I do think that you know we kind of want to shrink ourselves down, right, and really kind of try to get ourselves into the 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 topic of this, which is how do we understand large corporations, large consulting firms. What is like infused in their DNA that may actually kind of fight back, right, against what agile principles really try to infuse and what we as agile coaches and consultants and what have you try to, to bring into a corporation. Or, or companies that are bought, um, that are small companies that maybe bought maybe a startup or maybe, you know, a smaller company who were bought by a bigger company. And when they infuse that DNA, sounds a little dirty but if they've used that into the bigger <laughs> company does the the larger corporate organization or entity fight back against that innovation which is essentially like a virus right because it's it's something new and foreign and all of the the apparatus which is whether it's hr or finance or whatever those symptoms are all have to sort of adjust to this new thing coming in and it's it's the colossal it can be the colossal fight between is it going to squash the innovation and the whole reason that that company was bought? Or is it going to let that virus help evolve the company? If I can get too biological for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to, back to biology 101, you know, back in high school, which I don't remember at all. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, and I think that's absolutely right. And, you know, I, I kind of come from a background of being part of uh, large consulting firms, large, you know, organizations. Um, and you know, I, I definitely, even as an employee within that organization or, or, or consulting firm, have felt that it's just too large to to change, you know, a mind in a any any influential way. But I think that because of the way that delivery is going, right? The large consulting firms they're concentrating on delivery, right? But how that kind of delivery is viewed now. I think you kind of have some good good insights into into kind of what are the models that really kind of drive that. Well, if you're talking about what motivates people, 
you know, from a business perspective, in a startup, you're typically motivated by, well, we just need to get a client. We just need to get the next dollar so that we don't have to have another round of funding, which dilutes our shares, blah, 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 and it goes on and on. So I'm going to take out the trash. I'm going to park in a bad parking spot. If you're in Phoenix and it's, you know, very hot, you're not happy about that, but you're willing to do it because you think there's some upside. When you work for a big company, you've got great benefits, you've got good health insurance, you've got a good parking spot. So there's a lot of incentive not to want to have change, number right. one, right? Right. Secondly, you're compensated in a different way. You're not compensated on a you know, a stock option program, for instance, the, or the, some kind of right, the, right, the, sweat, sweat equity kind of right, situation. The promise of the future versus right. the now. That's right. And it's a risk, you know, that you're going to take, but you're willing to take it, especially if you're younger. And when you get older, you're like, I'm not doing that. And that would be my case. So anyway, um, but what happens is when you get into a big corporation, there are things that exist that are, you know, it's, it, it's sort of called a variable comp model, which is right. essentially you don't get a fat salary. You're compensated on um, how you do as it relates to performance, which could be a sales number. It could be adoption. It could be, um, you know, an overall target for uh, a region. But those variable models essentially mean that you're motivated by money and not necessarily and this isn't always the case because there's a lot of good people out there doing good work but it doesn't necessarily keep the customer front of mind right because you're literally focused on what is in it for you now a corporation likes that because they're like if i make it in it for them that adds up to what's great for the corporation not necessarily for the client yeah you know and i'm gonna pull my 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 uh, nerd thing out here because uh, that is what i do but I mean, we've talked before about how recent surveys, you know, talk about the challenges of scaling agile in large organizations, company culture, it adds with agile values, lack of uh, experience with the methods, lack of uh, management support, organizational uh, resistance to change. That's not necessarily just on the client end. Right. That's right? absolutely right. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. it, it really is in terms of the, like we talked about the DNA and like, so what you know, what do you, in my mind, I'm kind of curious to, from your viewpoint, like what do we need to be successful to kind of be the crisper? We're going to get in there and change that DNA a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. What do we need to do in order to, you know, what are some of the things that you think would be good pathways to, to making that change? Well, I think one of it is, is to understand what the business model is and to understand what the, what the, what the current organization is motivated by. So if it is like I talked about a, a you know, variable, cost model and, and you're talking about pipeline and bookings and revenue and you come in as a company and let's just say that you know the company has a two-year window to prove itself to be an independent organization and they do okay the first year but that second year they're going to struggle because a lot of the things that they're thinking about are synergy you know synergy deals with the parent company and right. the parent company doesn't understand what the offering is that the smaller company is giving so there's a there's an uh, there's an enormous amount of education that has to occur that takes time, just like it does when you're trying to, you know, launch an agile, you know, train or, or, or whatever it might be. Um, the same thing goes for a company. So there's this lagging time period, but you're always under the clock to perform as a small company that was acquired to show that the investment made for buying that company is going to pay off. And so there's a constant pressure to say, no, we're being successful and you're not being measured by the typically you're not measured by the, you know, the the attributes you were bought for. You're being measured on a financial scale that 
attributes itself to the larger corporation. Yeah, and so my question to you is, looking as as the corporate larger consulting firm, I'll take on that persona, if you will. So I'm going to look at you and say, all right, well, you, you can have these agile things and these little hippie ideas about, you know, change and, you know, really kind of making people feel better about their jobs and so forth and so on. But I still have my dashboard. So how are you going to motivate the people that are normally going to be coaches and people that are out kind of doing that? How are you going to motivate them to kind of increase the the size of the work that we do while still not maybe losing that culture that right. you have. So you're talking about the people who are essentially a part of, let's say it's an agile company mm-hmm. and they're, they're coaches. Let's just say that as an example. How do you keep them motivated when it almost seems antithetical to what they do because they're preaching against that to every big corporation that they're working with? Exactly. Right? And exactly. they're like, well, how do you keep them motivated? And mm-hmm. I think it's a challenge. And, and I think that you know, that comes to management, frankly, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. comes to a position of how are you from, um, and let's take, use the word management, the loose skills, use the word leaders, probably a better word, mm-hmm. you know, to, to help them understand what the benefits are and how having more resources, when I mean resources, I don't mean people, but mm-hmm. more, you know, options to do things. Like remember Brandon, when we first did the first podcast, we went to Chicago and we used uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the Chicago studio, studio yeah. um, down at the Merchandise Mart. And it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's lost to the archives because it didn't actually get recorded. Not my fault, different producer. Not his fault, not his fault. But remember, I mean, that, and that was, you know, a corporate asset that we could use. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there's a lot of assets there, but there's also, you know, a lot of fallout that can happen because people just get disenchanted with the fact that I'd now work for a big company and they're going to dictate certain things for me and I'm going to live in a certain place and my meals account for this much, you know, and as somebody who's not had any restrictions on an expense account in the past versus having some, it Mm -hmm. is a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a pain, right? Well, and I I will say, I mean, I think we both came from a, a similar background in terms of you know, we're going to have another podcast about creating a different MVP. You know, it's it's about the team. It's about co-creating the culture. Now, you're not always going to necessarily be able to do that because you may have coaches kind of off on their own, right? But making sure that those people are supported, right? And I know that you've done that very well, at least on, on, on this particular account. So. Yeah, we've, we've, I mean, I think we, you know, our, our, our sort of, ghetto barbecue barbecue i don't want i've meant to say that that might be like a little controversial but we bring the couch out we by the like, way licensed to grill how did i not oh, i know how did i kidding not me? come, up with come that? on there's a picture on slack if you want to look at but we bring the couch out and we have a barbecue and the, the neighbors come over and we mingle and and it's fun but you know that's that's part of it right it's, right. it's creating you know when right. i first started on this account it was hey this is not an account everybody wants to go to. And my goal, my specific goal was build an account where people want to go to that account because they're going to have fun and they're going to be part of a good team. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've done that. And it's yeah. not just me. No, no, no. You no, know, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's all of us, right? right. And we right. all continue that and we all commit to that, you right. know, just like everything. And that's how we keep our bubble. Yeah. Right. That is how we keep it. And bubble. even if, you know, a, the, 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 this, the, company that was purchased bubble pops, you still can always create your own bubbles inside of whatever organization you can. And you right. should do that, right? Yep. So on the on the note of uh, popping bubbles, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, please send your feedback to agileafterdark.com and uh, we'll, uh, we'll grab another drink and be right back. 
So I remember you saying something along the lines of you had, we had run into something on our client and you had said, where's the challenge? I don't see the challenge. I was like, where did that come from? Like, what's what's the what's the history behind that? Well, so we were given these impossible. So we worked with this guy named Chris Dragon and Dragon was a submarine commander and he essentially just had these are your orders. Go do it. And he didn't have a there was no negotiation strategy with them. So Crump, Johnny Crump from Hooker, Oklahoma, who talked like this, now go, what? And he would always tell me before I said, now go, what? That dumb look off your face. And I always thought Crump, you know, could, could kind of corral Dragon. But every once in a while, we'd have this impossible task, this work task that we would have. Go develop 36 hours of content in two days with five people. And I would say, it's not physically possible for us to do that. And Crump would look at me in the office with Dragon, and I look over to Crump, and I'm like, Crump, you know, because you're responsible for all these people. He like, where's the challenge? I don't see it. Show it to me. I don't see it. And he <laughs> he put his arms out like, show it to me. I don't see the challenge. And then we'd walk out, and we're like, are you kidding me? You know what? What is it? What the don't you? We can't do this. He's like, it's okay. We're just gonna lie. We'll figure it out what it is it's gonna be. Welcome back to Agile After Dark. We are in Apollo 13. Do you know why it's called Apollo 13? Well, it's, there's a lot of silver that's around us. Uh, and, you know, it was not a, it was not a successful mission to the moon, I believe. No, it so wasn't. So it, it kind of landed in the heartland, I guess. It did. And where, where did this unsuccessful mission begin? I think it was Home Depot. <laughs> and I think this is actually supposed to be... Site, it's it's like insulation, it's insulation. right? <laughs> not, the has, not the itchy, not the itchy kind, kind, but it has a silver sheen to it, and it's in the middle of Brandon's living room. So we're <laughs> very happy. And by the way, our favorite podcast co-co host, right? Co-co host, which is Sassy, is here. The cat that um, yep, loves to be a part cat. of the podcast is here with us. And by the way, we are because it is after dark drinking. I'm. Doing something different, by the way. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, different. yeah, good. I've moved away from my bourbon. I'm moving on to a, I don't know, some people might say it's not the most masculine drink, but it's a vodka and uh, cranberry kind of mixed thing. Yeah. Brandon's doing something different. Yeah, you know, in, in you know, honor of, you know, this 7.5 episode, I have the Colorado USA mm. uh, branded the Oscar Blues Piner Throwback IPA. So I'm just going to open Ooh. that up. It's not from Michigan. I'm surprised. <laughs> remember that game when Colorado beat Michigan? Do you remember Oh, that? my gosh. You were just talking about Westbrook the other day. And I almost like, yeah, I, I anyway, so during the break, uh, we were talking about a few things. And uh, one of the things that was kind of interesting in our conversation is, you know, one of the, the main easy things to get excited about when, like, a smaller company is infused with, like, a very large consulting firm is, you know, oh, we're gonna have all these access to clients, right? All these clients we never had access to. You know, we're gonna have, we're gonna just like sell, sell, sell. It's gonna be really easy. It's gonna be no problem, right? Well, I based on what we were just talking about before the break, in you know, in the conversation before, you know, it's about infusing that DNA, like getting that you know that CRISPR thing. Because if you're outside of that DNA, what is this CRISPR thing you keep talking you can, about? You can adjust DNA. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. All CRISPR. Right. 
Okay, got it. <laughs> but if you're outside of that DNA, like you start looked at as being like something that's attacking it, right? And that the the corporation is going to basically send all those antibodies after it and say that's not going to work for us. I mean, I'm kind of interested in that conversation. That yeah, we're well, having. like the white blood cells, like your Bill Paxton favorite movie, right? Yep, I mean, yep. so. Well, I think here's the the issue with that. Yes, you do have access to new clients, which is great because you have you have access to actually not just clients but new markets, right? And you might even be able to organize yourself around markets that you didn't have the ability to either, you know, have input into or attract or whatever. However, the same principle applies, which is you have to educate the clients, educate the corporate the entities, account. right? Yeah, the account, the account, yeah. account leads in the same way. So there's an education process that goes in. And I've been a part of this for a long time, which is, you know, everybody says, well, Agile, you know, it's just about developers. Like, you just, like as long as you get the developers to go along, will Agile be successful? Well, no, you have to educate the sales team. You have to educate the support team. Why are we doing more releases? Think about it. The support team doesn't understand more than a two-year cycle of releases. If you're releasing every six months, they're like, well, that doesn't make sense to us. So there's this whole apparatus that you have to address. Um, well, again, you do have access to new markets, to new clients, which is a very exciting part yeah. of it. Yeah. You you have to consider the fact that there is going to be a period of time in which you have to educate it, it, the, all the downstream. It's not just about software development. It's all the downstream systems that enable a product to be sold. Marketing, product marketing. Um, you know, sales, all of those things have to be addressed as well. Yeah. And I, and I, and I'm, I think it's interesting in that, you know, it is exciting, right. In terms of those things, but you know, how do you kind of motivate yourself and the individuals that, you know, are part of that smaller organization? Like what's, what's the motivation to, to you know, it's actually interesting that you're asking that question and, and, um, it, it's 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 I don't have I don't think a very good academic answer, but I will say sure. Well, that's just not will. good for me. Well, you know I know because you're this yeah. resident yeah. nerd. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But I need research. It literally is sheer force of will. It is yeah. just literally having the enthusiasm that people who work for a corporate entity don't have. That a small company a small company has to have enthusiasm to build their success and to you know to keep momentum for what they're doing mm -hmm. and a large corporation you know people get you know not, not complacent necessarily but they get comfortable and yeah. so you you have to hopefully you're infusing that with the new people in the earth hey have you thought about doing this like this will help so much and and literally in your voice, in your being, talk to people about how excited you are about what we can do to help. And I think a lot of it is about being helpful. And a lot of these, yeah, they're point. they're they're used to just going, hey, I'm just getting my, I'm hitting my number. What's my bookings? What's my you know revenue recognition? They're they're thinking about those metrics and reports. And as we all know from an agile perspective, that's not something we like to focus on, but and it's the reality of there. It is. Being, it as is. You said at the very beginning, and and maybe the reality of our situation mm -hmm. in the future, or the person who's being acquired. But it's, you know, it is being enthusiastic and bringing them to your side, and and in, there's no, I don't think there's 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 any other option outside of being just really into what you're doing and being passionate. And if you're not that way, then you should probably move on. I always tell people that work for me and they're like, yeah, I'm just not really happy. And I'm like, well, don't make me let you 
don't let this place torture you one more day. Let me help you move on to a different place. And, you know, that happens a lot, you know, but for the people who want to take a chance and learn and, and, uh, be a part of something bigger, I think that, uh, you know, it's a good opportunity. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna call this a, a podcast and, uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, another one down, 7.5. 7.5, special edition, special episode. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Again, any uh, questions or feedback, send it to feedback at agileafterdark.com. Don't forget about the rants. Oh, yeah, the rants. You got rants coming. Don't worry about it. And it's, you know, reporting to to (laughs) stockholders. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm not. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're the one who did it. I'm gonna lock you in. That's okay. We should probably do another take anyway. But that was good. Fuck it, Seth. You're being ridiculous right now. The cat has entered Apollo 13. <laughs> she found a hole in one of the docks that we. <laughs> oh my god. Fuck it, Seth. We're on a roll.